Thank you. Very happy to be here tonight in the service of our Lord Jesus Christ. May his great blessings rest upon each and every one of you is my prayer. And we are sure happy to hear the good reports of people being healed. It just come to me the other night when the Holy Spirit was standing over a woman here laying in a stretcher bound down with arthritis. Told her to get up and go home and to church. She's doing her housework and working around it. God, if you just listen and do what he tells you, you'll always come out right. You, you'll never be wrong when you're serving the Lord Jesus. I want to read some of these words now. It's uh, found over in the book of St. Luke, and it's uh, the fifth chapter. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the, the lake of Gethsemane and saw two ships standing by the lake. The fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one ship, which was Simon, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down for the draw. And Simon, answering him, said, Master, we toiled all night and taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, let down the net. May the Lord add his blessings to his word while we speak to him now in prayer, if you will. Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee tonight for thy mercies and kindness that thou hast bestowed upon us, knowing that we are unworthy of any of these blessings, but by grace we have received them through faith in Jesus Christ, thy beloved Son. And we're so happy tonight to know that we which were once far away from you, and now is drawn nigh by the shedding of the blood of the righteous one, the innocent for the guilty, and we guilty, unworthy sinners have been brought nigh unto God, insomuch that we are sons and daughters of his, by grace of Jesus Christ. And then being dead in Christ, take on Abraham's seed, our heirs according to the promise, if we walk in the steps of faithful Abraham. How we thank thee for the life of Jesus Christ. How that he came and stood in our places as a sinner, knowing no sin, yet was made sin for us. And how he died at Calvary, taking the penalty of death. And by taking this upon his soul, ascended into hell. But it was not possible that he should be a holder of it, so God raised him up on the third day. Now he sets at the right hand of God the Father, making intercessions for us. And we come tonight in his name, upon his word, which said, Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it, and you shall have it. Now we believe that we will receive what we ask for, because our confidence is in Jesus Christ, who spoke these words. And now bless us together, heal the sick, save the lost. And bring back the backslider, Lord, to the kingdom of God. Grant it, Lord. And may the Holy Spirit now shut us in in his presence and his glory. For we ask that in Jesus Christ's name, thy Son, amen. 
we're always more than happy to speak with the people just for a moment. I'm surely not a, a speaker, but I do love to speak of the blessings of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, of how good he has been. <clears throat> On the reading of the scripture tonight, and just before that, it just comes to my mind that we got two more nights to be with you all here. And let's hurry off to Chicago, and then God only knows where next, perhaps overseas. You all will pray for us, I'm sure. And now we love you with undying Christian love, the very warmest of Christian fellowship. I do that. I'll always remember how you faithful little group stuck by us in these nights down here at West Palm Beach. Last evening I was, well, I don't know where you call it preaching, I was uh, talking about the Lord, and I guess it, I was kind of, it gets me nervous after so long a time, kind of a tightened condition, and then sometimes I, they let me go ahead and speak a while or preach, and then it kind of relaxes me. But just constantly visions that life makes you weep. I'm sure that Christian believers, they may not understand it, neither do I. But we just know that it's truth. God said so. And we realize that it takes something out of you. It's uh, like the, the, uh, Daniel, a prophet in the Bible, he saw one vision. He said he was troubled at his head for many days. In other words, a vision causes you to be in two worlds at the same time. You're in this world here now, yet you're in another world. And you're speaking over there knowing that your voice is heard back here. Place yourself there once <laughs> and just see what it will do for you. Then so many of those, and after a while it gets to a place, you can't tell you whether you're over here or over here. You just, and this is just about that place for me. This is some six weeks about constantly going, about as long as I've had services like this for a long time. I come down here because I love you people. I never become because I had a great bunch of sponsors. I didn't have them. I didn't care for a great bunch of sponsors. Only thing I want to do is come down here and do what I could for the glory of God. That God would help you people. And I know that he has, and I know that perhaps through the teaching of the gospel and the working of the Holy Spirit, things have been done that may hatch out years and years to come. We don't know what will take place. Only God does know. But it's always a happy delight to be among God's children. And I believe that right in this city and right in this audience tonight, there's God's elected children are sitting here, and I have the privilege of being with them. You know, that makes me feel awfully good to know that I get to sit with sons and daughters of God. And now, to the text, just for a few moments, I won't keep you just for a little bit. The scripture reading is about Jesus. They said they pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Ah, that shows he was hungry, doesn't it? You can't interrupt people for food until they get hungry. But when they get hungry, then they can really talk about food. And that's what it is. If they don't, if you're not interested in God, you can't talk God to people. But whenever they get hungering and thirsting after righteousness, God said they shall be filled. But first there has to be a hunger and thirst. You have to really want it. Just like healing. If a person comes and they're relying, well, the doctor says maybe I can pull you through in a few weeks. 
It, well, it, they won't rely too much on God then. But when the doctor says it's the end, it's all that can be done, then when people get start really getting to praying and getting right with God, you go to uh, tearing down the, the sufficient altars of other types and get started getting right with God. And so in that last phase, and that's the way usually you see miracles performed, is when people get in that desperate condition. Now, I, I hope that no one has to get in that desperate condition here. I hope that doesn't exist in, in this country. I hope it doesn't exist among these people. And I am very, very happy. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't this the lady here has been sitting in a wheelchair for so long? I'm glad to see you out of it tonight. God will heal this other lady sitting in a wheelchair. That will make everyone coming on this, as far as I know. They have wheelchairs or stretchers or whatever it's been. And there hasn't been a one, as far as I know, that they never told me about it. That's the recording shows it's ever been to the platform. They just sit there and pray. And when they do, God just shows what the trouble and tells them, and they get up and go on. That's, that's just it is. And I couldn't heal no one. If God has already done it, if they pray, then God will show just what for them to do. Isn't that marvelous? I just love him for that. Instead of taking that text, I want to give you just a little bit, because I'm weak tonight, very weak. That's not weak physically, <laughs> not a bit weak that way, but it's, it's another weakness that I can't speak of. I don't know what it is. It far looks like you get tired and you can't think just right, but uh, I don't know what kind of weakness it is, but it, it sure gets you. So. I just want to talk to you something about my own, let's talk, I want to talk to you about my own private life, just a few minutes, something come on my mind of meeting, just these many things that happen, and you know that, each one of you, there's things that only God and I know alone, and there's that way in your life, there is in everybody's life, that just you and God knows alone, and many times I've heard people say, Brother Bram, how do you see vision, how do you do this? Well, just saying as I said to you, why have you got blue eyes? Why have you got brown eyes? Why do you have an ear on the side of your head? I, well, that's just the same question. God put it there. You say, well, that's the same way. See? It's just that way. It's just, there's nothing you can put in yourself. God, when you when come on this earth, them qualities are in you for different things. Like, for instance, this musician here. I want my little girl to, be, to do that same thing this lady's doing here, to play music. Well, now, if it's in her, She'll do it. If it isn't, it won't do any good to give her lessons because she'll never make it. Here some time ago, I was buying my little baby and one of those little pianos for Christmas. Oh, I think it cost a dollar and a quarter or something. It's about that big. And I was had my finger trying to pick out a tune on it. You know, it had little keys. I pulled it in my hand. I was picking away on something. My wife, she might know about two cards, so she was trying to show me how to make that card or something. I was standing there trying to pick on it. And Little boy came up, oh, poor little ragged-looking fella. He said, he's out in front, his face needs washing, his little trousers was ragged and dirty, and he looked at me. So what are you trying to do, mister? I said, well, son, I, I'm wondering myself. I said, I, I was trying to, to, to hit this uh, uh, key here to make this cord here. And he said, let's see you do it. Well, I tried it. He said, can I try it? And I said, Yes, sir, sure can. He set that little thing down and played as pretty a tune as you ever heard on that, you know, just how to hit it. And then 
He looked at me, kind of grinned, and walked over there, and there's one of these little telephones, you know, just about that long, this little old uh, hardware store where they had little cheap things for children. So, and he got up these little things there and played Silent Night, just as pretty as I ever heard it on anything. And I said, well, son, did you ever have a music lesson? He didn't even know what it was. <laughs> so he picked up a piece of gas pipe back there that Mr. Rusher had been cut off and blowed the star-spangled banner through that gas pipe like that. Now there, I said to Mr. Rusher, which was a Catholic by faith, I said, we're schoolmates together. I said, Al, you see what I'm talking about? That boy don't need a music lesson. He was born that way. That's right. He don't need it. It's just a gift. And now, you hear these singers come on the air. These fellows like uh, different ones. I don't want to mention names in public, but men become millionaires a week's time or two just singing songs on these programs which America has become full of ballyhoo and all kind of programs and everything. To, even the other nations laugh at us for our nonsense. And uh, so it's just somebody cracked jokes or sang some songs. Well, those fellows, no doubt, are women are good singers, and they're gifted people. But you know what? God will make them answer for what they do with that talent. That's right. They better be using it for the kingdom of God. That's true. So let's, whatever we have, let's use it for the kingdom of God's sake. Every talent we have, let's put it in the kingdom of God. Now, <clears throat> I was just thinking of a peculiar thing that happened once in a meeting. Brother Bosworth was along. There was anybody here tonight, I guess not from Indiana, that was in the Fort Wayne meeting, I guess not around an audience that way this far down and not advertised across the nation. So they was anyhow they was having a marvelous meeting and the people were just packed and jammed and everything and this great marvelous meeting. How many people here belong to the the assemblies of God? Let's see your hand. You read it in your paper, an article there of a little girl. And how many people ever read this uh, We the People? That book, it's, a, it's an international book, and it appeared in We the People. A little blind girl had come on the platform. And I just held that little thing in my arm until God gave her back her sight. And she that appeared in the Assemblies of God paper, and it appeared in We the People, and, and so it was in many magazines. We went home that night. And a lady by the name of Mrs. Morgan, now she lives at 411 uh, Hendricks Avenue, or Canoblo Avenue, rather, in Jeffersonville, Indiana. She's a 21-year graduate, one of Mayo's nurses. She weighed 47 pounds of cancer when she came to the place. Just eat up, and she had 80 de deep x-ray treatments, and I forget what all the cancer just went on. She's unconscious, and Jesus Christ made her whole. Eight years ago... And she's now a nurse, or they just moved down there, bought their home, moved there in Jeffersonville. They brought her to Louisville, and she's on the dead list. Just go to Louisville if you happen to be a doctor present, anything, and look at the cancer list in Louisville, and you'll see Miss William P. Morgan on the dead list for eight years. Come over to Indiana, and we'll introduce you to her. <laughs> the dead woman has been dead for eight years, weighs 165 pounds, and perfect health. She hasn't even had a bad cold hardly since then. And... She was with us at, at Fort Wayne, and so how the Lord had had blessed her, and she just wanted to go along and make people comfortable when we have a close meeting and something. She is nursing now. She's just a born nurse, and she just knows how to handle the patients and so forth, and 
And there, you can imagine what her phones are going all the time. So she comes to the meeting just to keep the poor sick people comfortable in their beds and so forth. Well, there's a man there, Mr. Leeming, which was a friend to the, the king's private secretary. And he'd had multiple strokes. And that man looked just like her husband. And she was so wanted to do something for him so bad. And she kept telling me when we go to the hotel. What was the name of the hotel we had seen? Uh, Indiana. Indiana Hotel. And um, so we we had to get the, someone down there at the door to get you in. It was so few many people crowded. And anyhow, I said, Mrs. Morgan, of course, I couldn't. Uh, I could have some of them to give him a prayer card, but I couldn't call him to the platform unless his number called. That's sovereignly and that's up to God. I said, that's all I can do. I said, tell him he is praying. It was long about next to the last night when he had been bound 10 years. The paper had his picture in it there where he laid in the bed with his typewriter and things as a businessman. And sitting right beside him was a man so crippled with arthritis that he couldn't even move his hands like that. And so the same time when I tried to pick the man up, they supposed to take him away the next day and lay him on the platform and people passing by was walking over his white shirt and everything. They take him back off and set him down in a chair. I uh, just speaking, a little club-footed baby comes by. You remember the little feet out like that? I seen the vision, what it cost, what had taken place. I tucked the little baby to one side and asked the parents the secret that they were doing in the line of birth control and things that wasn't right. So I, I talked to them privately and so uh, they asked him if they'd do a certain thing and they said they would. I said, now take the brace off your baby. And they sat down there and cut those crafts off the baby, and his little feet were just as normal as they could be. He walked right on off. Well, so then, um, then in the, during this time, this, um, this, this Mr. Lehman, looking out there, seen a vision come above him, seen him going out like that. And first I say, it's over Mr. Lehman, but the angel of the Lord, but it didn't look like Mr. Lehman. And this man was a farmer. It looked like he was on a tractor or something. And then I looked back again, then I seen Mr. Lean in the same time. Then I told them both that Jesus Christ had healed them. And Mr. Lean jumped to his feet. He was standing there. Hadn't been on his feet for 10 years, perfectly paralyzed with thrombocirrhosis. And jumped up on his feet and began to run down the aisle, screaming on top of his voice. And here, this man laying there with arthritis kept crying. And I looked down again, and what he wanted me to do, he wanted to touch me. So I just stepped off the platform. He just touch my coat. Now, you know there's nothing in a coat or in a man, but it was his face. That's what he, and he did. And God healed him. And I got a letter from him about a month after that that Mr. Lehman went out and he was driving his car down the road and he happened to look out in the field and he seen this man plowing and Mr. Lehman jumped out of the car and started towards him and he jumped off of his tractor and started towards Mr. Lehman and they're picking one another up screaming and holler out in the middle of the field. You can imagine what the neighbors thought. One picking one up and one picking the other up. One laying paralyzed for years with arthritis and the other laying with, with uh, multiple cirrhosis in the spine. And there they was healed. The next day, I remember they found out what hotel was staying in and where it was a big meeting. I had to kind of keep that privately, you know, called I had to have time to pray and so forth. And the little bellhop come up and he said, Hey, brother, he said, You won't even be able to get out of the door today. And I said, What's the matter? I said, I guess there's not less than 35 or 40 people standing there waiting for him in the lobby. Well, 
He said, I'll tell you what I'll do, old. said, you give me a little time, maybe I can fix your way to get out to your breakfast. And I said, all right. So Mrs. Morgan, she was in the next room, and she come in. And, and so my brother had come in and he gave me a big kind of a balling out that morning. He said, I can't understand you, Bill. And I said, what's the matter? He said, here's Manning here that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, standing out here trying to see you, and you picked up that old tramp yesterday. <laughs> the old horse got sued on him. He slept with you last night. I said, sure, that's all right. That man could get a room, and he couldn't, you see. That was the idea. I said, he, he just he couldn't get a room. I said, that man can help himself, but this man can't. See? So, and I said, is Mother and Mrs. Morgan up? I said, yes. And so... The little bellhop come and got me. We went down. We got on the elevator, went downstairs into the basement, climbed over some cinders and so forth, and went out a little trap door over there. I come out in the alley. And so we started going down the street, and that was when this man of Canada, I guess you have some Canadian people here that owned that big place up there, and I'll tell you what his name is in a minute. Stop the Hudson Bay. It's a... I can't think of the name of that place right now. It's just gone from me. And, um, well, that's strange, but I, <clears throat> there's two brothers of them, and they own some, something like a Sears and Roebuck store that goes all through Canada. And, um, I just can't call it in my mind right now or the name of the store. But anyhow, the morning before, he was sitting in a little restaurant up there where I was eating, and a gentleman like, he, he didn't say anything. But when he went out to breakfast, it paid for. And I met him, and he had stomach trouble, and the Lord healed him here some time ago. And a great big blue Cadillac pulled up in front of the place, and it was he. He was visiting the States again. And he come by and said, I just want to say, Brother Brennan, I can eat anything I want to. He said, I'm just normally perfectly healed. And so we were going up to the uh, same little place. I, I believe it's called, I'm not mistaken, called Yankee Doodle or something like that. It was a little place we were eating at, and we were going up the street. And as we were going to that place, something stopped me and said, turn to your left. Now, this is just own private life. See? said, turn to your left. Now, I said, let's go this way. And, uh, and Ms. Morgan said, oh, Brother Brand, there's a little place we'd be going. I said, something tells me to turn this way. And I had my overcoat pulled up like this, and we turned that way, and I was packing my little girl in my arms, and she and I and the wife. And we, she said, well, where are we going? I said, I don't know. Just keep walking. I said, the Holy Spirit told me to go this way. Do you believe that sons of God are led by the Spirit of God? <laughs> sure they are, just the same. And so we, I kept on going, and I stopped, and there's a place called Miller's Cafeteria. I think it's a chain. They have them all over the country. And I was right under that place there. I said, well, let's go in here. Maybe the Lord wants me to go in here. When I went in and sat down at the table and got me some uh, toast and jelly and sat down and the wife had got something for the baby and so forth and we sat down. And just as I sat down, I heard somebody say, praise the Lord. Miss Morgan said, uh-huh, now you're caught, aren't you? <laughs> and I I said, I don't know it's something the Lord told me to come in here. And in just a few minutes, she stood up, walked over there, and she said, <clears throat> the lady, she said, Brother Branham, I, I know that I shouldn't do this, 
But said, you believe in leadings of the Spirit, don't you? And I said, yes, ma'am. And that woman may be sitting right here tonight. She said, you believe in the leadings of the Spirit? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, we're from Texas. And she said, we followed every meeting of yours for the last four or five months. And she said, on this meeting, said, I had to sell my cow to get the money to come. Said, we never could get a prayer card to get in the prayer line. And she said, our money's gone. Tomorrow night is the last night of meeting. And said, I prayed all night last night. Said, here sits my poor brother. The doctor said something about the heart seems to diaphragm or something. It said, he just can't live any longer. And said, I dreamed a dream. And said, I dreamed that I could come to Miller's cafeteria and be here at 9 o'clock. That's just what it was. You know what happened, don't you? So I didn't want my breakfast. I got up, had the baby, started out. And so just as I got outside the door, there stood a, a little lady dressed in black. Many of you know her. Brother Bosworth's good friend of her. Her husband runs a big spaghetti company in Chicago. Her name is D'Amico. And you're well acquainted with her. She was just at this last meeting. As some of the brethren are here from that meeting. She comes to every meeting nearly I have. And they have a big spaghetti company. So just as I come out the door, she just deliberately fell down onto the street and began screaming. And she said, Brother Branham, I just don't know what to say. She said, I know that I could afford an operation, but said, I've been to Mayo Brothers, and they give me up. She's way out like that. Malignancy. Cancer. And said, they just give me a little time to live. This big tumor of cancer, out like that. And said, I, I just can't live any longer, Brother Branham. Something's got to be done, because I'm just smothering. And said, you know what? said, last night I dreamed that I should come and stand in front of this cafeteria this morning and be here at 10 minutes after 9. There it was. Now that's just the way God leads. We went on up to the corner, and as I went up to the corner, now that's inside life. I don't tell that to people. Don't do no good. Just so they see and they see, believe, and so then they went on up to the corner and wife said, well, now, how are we going to get back down to that, that overland pile of cinders to get in? I said, well, I can go in that way. You all just go on in the front way and tell that boy to open that door and I'll come in that way. Because you'd never get out. You'd have a prayer line all up and down the street. So then, uh, then nighttime come, you'd be so warm and you couldn't go into the meeting. And so then I started across the street and something said to me, stop here. And I I said, now you all go on, just go on down. They went over to a drugstore and went in there and got a little coloring book for the baby called had to stay in the house for the day, or in the room rather. And I thought, well, Lord, what do you want me to stop here for? I stood there a little bit, nothing happened. And I turned around, went back up, seen people looking at me. And I went up here to this little place where it's that fishing tackle. And I like fishing so well, so I thought I'd get up here and watch this tackle. Nobody watching me around like that. I said, Heavenly Father, what would you have me do? I stood there just a few moments, and now you may call it fanaticism. I don't know what you're going to do with it. That's up between you and God. But I heard it just as plain as you hear my voice. I said, walk down the corner. I went down to the corner, and I stood there. That's all I know. I stood there at the corner. Well, they had a big cop out in the street. He'd blow a whistle and let the pedestrians cross and so forth. I stood there about 10, 15 minutes. People just come and go like that, passing by. Well, I thought... 
Well, I don't know why I'm standing here, but I'm just standing here. So I stood there a little while, everybody passing by, talking and so forth. And I just stood on the corner, and I walked out to Asia Street and stood there a little while. After a while, he blow the whistle, and a group went across. Then a little lady come across wearing a little checkered dress with a little Canadian cap set on the side of her head. She had her pocketbook on her arm. And she had her head down, and she was just walking like that. Walked on across, and something said to me, go close to her. Well, I walked up to her, and she rubbed almost against me and just passed out on by. Well, I thought, I don't understand. She said, go close. She walked about the distance, uh, or another, twice the distance of Brother Bosworth, and she turned and looked back. She said, Brother Branham. I said, good morning, sister. And she started crying. And she ran back and caught me by the arm. And I said, what's the matter, sister? She said, excuse me. And she told my arm like that. She said, I just feel like my breath is going from me. And I said, what's the matter? She said, Brother Branham, have you got just a minute? I said, oh, yeah. And she said, well, I've, I only allowed $150 a year in America. She said, I used all that up. And she said, I slept in a hotel lobby last night. I had five cents for a cup of coffee this morning. And I started out here to hitchhike going back to Canada. A young woman, about 30, 35 years old, said, uh, go to hitchhike back to Canada down there. And she said, I was going way down the street there. And something said to me, turn this away. I said, it was off the highway. But I just couldn't go any farther. I said, turn this away. And she said, I just kept coming. I had to turn around and look at you. I said, what's your trouble? She said, it's my arm. She said, look here, and stretched it out right there, standing right there on the street. And she started screaming and crying, and that great big cop started going with her. He said, I know you, Brother Branham. And then I had a prayer line on the side of the street. <laughs> that was it. Just there it was on the side of the street. So we, it's just marvelous to see how he leads and does things. Up here in Arkansas, sometime when I first started out, now, I was at the, I forget the name of the place down there just now, uh, uh, Jonesboro. And so they were having a meeting and there was a, they, the paper said there was 28,000 people at the meeting. And they were come from everywhere and parked in for miles. And so we left that meeting. There's where some marvelous things taking place. And so we went on over to another city there, uh, El Dorado. And so I was at El Dorado. No, I, it wasn't Elder Ada either. Uh, I can't think it's there. It was the Washita River coming through. I think of it maybe in a few moments. If you understand, I'm speaking now. The, the anointing of that is just moving around. I've already seen two people. Eagle Sense have been standing right here on the platform. Right. <clears throat> so then, and in the meeting, when I got down there, we bring me out of a little church, some kind of a little church I spoke that morning. It's raining so hard. And as I started out, there was uh, two police, one in front of me and one in the back of me, taking me out to the car. The crowds, they had the streets all blocked in there and everything. And I began to hear somebody hollering, mercy, mercy, mercy. Well, I thought, where is that coming? I looked over and standing on, way up back to one side, stood an old colored man. Uh, uh, oh, I guess he was in his late 50s or 60s. Real white hair. And... His wife was standing there. He had his cap in his hand. Now, in Arkansas, they have a, a Jim Crow law that uh, the white and colored can't set together, be together. So that man was calling, Mercy, mercy. I stopped. 
And something said to me, go over where he's at. Well, I, I said, just a moment, sir, I'm a school. He said, look, Reverend Branham, that cop did, said, I don't want to interfere with your doing. He said, but you couldn't leave these white people and go to that colored man. I said, but the Holy Spirit tells me to do it. And I said, I must go to him. And so I started on this couple ministers there, and they started making the way. And so i never forget it. When the old fellow come up there, he had his cap in his hand like this. He was saying, mercy, mercy. And I heard his wife say, the parson them coming towards you, honey. And, and she was standing there, and she was crying too. And so when I got up real close, a group of the people put their hands out like this and made a little ring so the people wouldn't rush in. So I walked up to where the old fellow was. He said, is you Parson Branham? He began to feel all over my face. He said, I said, yes, sir. He said, oh, he said, you're probably a younger man than I thought you was. And I said, what is it? He said, Parson Branham, he said, my, my old man, he had religion like you got. Religion. Said, very southern, you know. Said, and my mammy was truthful. Said, she never told me a lie in all her life. And she said, he said, I've been blind now and drawn a blind pension for several years. And he said, I lived about 200 miles from here. And last night after going to bed, said, I woke up. And said, of course, I can never tell daylight from dark for all these years. He said, but... I looked like I saw my old mammy standing by my bed. And she said, Honey, you go down to Camden. That's where it's at, Camden. said, You go down to Camden and ask for somebody by the name of Branham. Have him to pray for you and you'll receive your sight. said, Parson Branham, I rose and put on my clothes and the bus just arrived here a while ago and they tell me you're over here. And I stood here till you come out. You never know how you feel like I put my hands on his poor old dark, withered face. I said, Heavenly Father, I don't know why that you've done this, but I ask you to to heal him. Just help my hand over his eyes. I said, God bless you, Uncle. And I started to turn around. He said, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. His wife said, Honey, you see? He said, Sure, I see. Said, you don't mean you see? He said, yes. Said, that red corner, she's sitting there and all them people. Well, she started screaming. And my, then there's a collapse in there. Just how did God lead? One more little thing just on my mind just now. I was coming from Dallas, Texas. I believe I'd been with Brother Bosworth. Uh, pretty, no, I don't part. No, I wasn't. Brother Kitson was with this meeting. And I was left and was coming home. And it come up a big storm and forced the airplane down at Memphis. And so they put us in that hotel there, that big famous hotel. I could never afford to stay in one like that. But the air service put me in there overnight. They couldn't go up the storms of the bad Peabody Hotel. And so they told us that they'd call us the next morning and have a limousine to take us out. So I was in the room and some little fellow went in there with me and went up with me, a little merchant marine had just come back from across the sea. So we having quite a little fellowship together out there, and he went to his room, so I got up the next morning, I had some letters, and I got out and was going to go down and mail these letters. And I seen that, I had about an hour of time, so they sort of come at me, 8.30 or something like that, the plane is going up, it's a beautiful morning, springtime, March or something like that, April. And so I was on my road uh, going down to mail these letters. I had a group of letters in my pocket. I wrote some that night of some cards that I had to answer back to the people. And as I started going down the street, something stopped me. 
said, stand here a minute. I stood there just a minute, and nothing happened. I went up in the side of a big building there and stood there a little bit where the garments and things was hanging off in the window. And I stood, I said, Heavenly Father, what would you have me to do? I just kept standing there, standing there. That's while I heard something say, walk. And I walked out of there and just kept walking. And being led by the Spirit of God, most all of you, sure you that the Christians do, of course. So then I kept walking, 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 and I just walked on. And I walked from out of the city. And I was way down towards the river there where those uh, group of little colored houses was. And I, well, it was already past time for the plane to go, but it just looked like I kept wanting to walk. I was going along there singing this little song that you Pentecostal people sing. Uh, they gathered in the upper room and praying in his name and all received the Holy Ghost and power for service came. You remember that little song? Now I was trying to get that in my mind, going along there singing that. And um, across a, a gate down there in a very typical ancient mama type of a colored lady. She was leaning across the gate like this and she had a man's shirt tied around her head. An old work shirt like tied around her head, a little old whitewashed hut there like some vines around this beautiful morning. And I was walking along like that and she was just watching me coming down the street. And I come by like that. She, I think she's crying. She had great big fat cheeks, you know, and the tears running down. She was smiling. She said, good morning, Parson. Well, I done quit singing way back up. I singing to myself anyhow. So, and she said, I said, how'd you know I was a parson? She said, I know you as a parson. I said, well, how did you? She said, well, she said, I knew you was coming. She said, I know you was going to have on a light suit and a light hat. And I said, how'd you know it? She said, did you ever hear the story in the Bible about the Shunammite woman that was barren and, and didn't have no children and the prophet blessed her and she had children? A child, and the child died. I said, yes, ma'am, I'm acquainted with the story. So I said, and I said, well, uh, what's, that, what's that to do with now? She said, well, I was that kind of a woman. She said, and I promised the Lord if he'd give me a child that I would raise it for him. And the Lord gave me a fine boy. She said, and I'll raise that boy to the best of my knowledge until he got to going out with bad company. And she said he got with bad company and taken a, a horrible disease and said he backslid on God and said he's laying in here dying and said when the doctors had come his his blood had done it was a venereal disease social disease syphilis and it done eat a hole in his heart so he said there's no hope for him at all to be cured and said and uh, I prayed and I prayed and said I the, he's been unconscious now two days and said the doctor done said there's no need to coming back because there's nothing to be done and she said and I prayed and I prayed and I said, Lord, don't let my baby die like that. Let him be saved before he dies. And she said, I, I prayed and said, I was on my knees all night last night. And she said, along about three o'clock this morning, I dreamed a dream. And said, the Lord said for me to come here and stand at this gate as he'd send the parson down wearing a light suit and a light hat. Said, I know you. God works on both ends of the line, you know. Could you imagine God stopping that airplane for that colored woman way down there? That shows the sovereignty and love. God's no respected person. Sure not. And that poor colored woman, she knows God. And I, I patted her on the back, and her back was damp. She'd been standing out there in that dew that morning. She was standing there. She said, no, sir, I hasn't left you. I was standing right here. God told me he was coming. I said, lady, my name is Branham. She said, Branham? She said, I'm glad to meet you. I said, did you ever hear of me? 
said, no, sir, I don't believe I ever did. I said, I pray for the sick. She said, yes, sir. And she said, won't you come in? And friends, I've walked in King's palaces, several of them. But that morning was an old plow horn hanging there on a piece of a chain for a weight to pull the gate together. I walked in that little old haunt of a house there, whitewashed. I walked into the door, a little old iron bedstead sitting here, the floors just as white as they could be, yellow popper scrubbed off, a sign up over the door, God bless our home. <laughs> I'd rather see that in all the pinups you could have in all the world and all the fancy fine rugs and whatever more. I was welcome that little home that morning. I walked in that place there, and that poor old Aunt Jemima, she says, she said, come come in, and I walked in, and she said, I hear he is, and he had a, the blankets in his hand like this, and he was going, mmm, 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 great, big, husky-looking fella, young fella, looked to be 19, 20 years old, fine-looking fella, and I put my hand on his feet, and just as cold as it could be, just as cold, I knew death was on the boy, that's all there was to be to it, and he, I said, don't he know nothing, and he said, no, sir. She said, I said, well, what's he going on like that about? She said, well, he's been saying that he's out in a big, dark ocean, owing around, and he can't see no light. And she said, Parson, I just can't stand to see my baby die like that. And she said, the Lord wants you to pray for him, and then he's going to save his soul before he dies. But I just feel that he's going to do it. And I said, well, sure, Auntie, we believe. And I said, let's, uh, let's pray, Auntie. And she said, she reached over and kissed him on the head. She said, God bless Mommy's baby. I thought, Mommy's baby. That shows the love of a mother. No matter how demoral and debauched and how old, how whatever it is, a mother's love weighs right on to it. I thought, if a mother's love will do that, how much more will the love of God? Yea, a mother may forget her suckling babe, but never will I forget you, for your names are engraved on the palms of my hands. Is that right? I thought that she kissed him and knelt down. Well, I asked her, I said, would you lead in prayer, Auntie? And she said, Yasa. And she raised up her hands, and your prayer? I just cried like a baby, holding the foot, that little foot of that little bed, that little iron poster bed. I held that bed and cried when that old saint poured out her heart, said, God, I never heard such in my life. She said, Lord, I've done the best that I could. You know, I washed over the washboard for the white folks. And I tried to take him to church, but he got with the wrong company. Now, dear Lord, you take him home and don't let him die, sinner, Lord. Let me have some consolation in my heart that my baby's saved. And you've tucked him back. She said, your parson is here now. said, Lord, I, I just pray that you'll do it like that. And when she said, amen, and wiping those old black sheets and reached over and kissed that boy again. Brother, something swept through my heart. My, my. She hugged him in her arms like that and said, Mama's baby, you hear mammy? He kept going, mm, mm, so dark. Mm, mm. Said he thinks he's rowing a boat, said, and he's out somewhere. She said, oh, Parson, said, pray that God won't let him die like that. I said, all right, Auntie, let's pray. I laid my hand over on his cold feet. I looked up to our Heavenly Father. I said, Heavenly Father, it's an hour past time for the airplane to go. But you said, walk. I don't know why I'm here, but you've directed me here. I don't know what's going to happen, but you've directed me here. This is the place. And I said, I pray thee to be merciful to this dear boy. 
Don't even let him die, Lord, if it's possible to spare his life. If not, spare his soul. I said, I pray you forgive him, and I ask that you'll let him live, that he might live to be a good boy and to serve you. Just kept praying like that, and directly he kept going, mm. He said, Mammy, Mammy. She raised up, she said, What? Sweetheart or darling or something like that. Just, what does Mammy's baby want? Said he get light in here. <laughs> oh my. Get light in here. Ten minutes time, he's sitting on the side of the bed talking to us. About six months later, I was going down on a train, going somewhere up East Phoenix. I was passing through, and you know how he come into Memphis and the railroads run here? There's a little restaurant setting up there. I got out of the, the train. I went to bed up at Louisville and got out that morning. I was going up to get something to eat, and I was walking out there, a little red cap on. I said, Hello, Dad, Parson Brown. I said, How do you do? I said, Good morning. Who are you? He said, You don't remember me, do you? I said, No. He said, Do you remember one time that the airplane didn't get up right? Is it brought you down yet? Yes. said, I was that boy. said, I was not all, what you call, said, I was not only healed, but I'm a Christian now. He said, I'm a servant of the Lord. Oh, my. And you know what? The plane was an hour and something late. I got there just in time to get on the plane and go. Oh, brother, you never know what it is. When you get down and really commit yourself to God, don't use your own mind, don't use your own thinking, just commit your way to Him and just walk the way He leads, wherever. If it goes this way, that's all right. Sometimes it leads to deep waters. But you know the song says, some through the waters, some through the flood, some through deep trials, but all through the blood. God's ways lead right through the deep sea, into the wilderness, and up over the hills, through the wilderness of sin and so forth. But God will bring you out if you'll just follow him and not try to use your own thoughts. Just do what God says to you, and you'll be all right. you believe that? Peter said, Lord... We've sinned all night long and haven't taken a seat. But said, at thy word, I'll lay down the net. Now, they were fishermen. They know the feast calendar. They know how the winds is blowing. And just think, feast all night and haven't taken a seat. And God told them, let down the net in the same water, the same water they feast all night in. Now, let down the net and get ready for the draw of feast that you're going to take. Well, I said, there's no water, there's no fish here. We've done things through the whole thing. We know there's no fish here. He said, let down the net. And here's the, here's the secret. Peter said, now I know there's no fish in there, Lord, but at thy word, I'll let down the net. See? You don't know how you're going to get up out of that chair and get away from there tonight. See? You don't know how you're going to do this and how these other diseases are going to be healed. But at thy word, Lord... I'm going to let down the net. At thy word, Lord, I'm going to rise up from here. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but at thy word, Lord. That's it. Take God at his word, and God's spoken word will materialize and produce just exactly what it says it will. Listen. The right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. I don't care what it is. If, if you plant, if you want corn, you plant corn, water corn, leave corn alone, it'll produce corn. Is that right? Wheat will produce wheat. 
The promise of salvation will produce a Christian. The promise of the Holy Ghost will bring it to you. The promise of divine healing will make you well. Any divine promise of God, and the Bible said that the word of God is a seed. Is that right? Jesus said that a sower sold. And if you just take it in your heart, don't dig it up every day to see how it's getting along. Just sink it in your heart and settle it. That's all. Walk right on. God will take care of the rest of it. He's obligated to his word. Do you know that everything that you see tonight is God's Word materialized? Did you know your body is God's Word materialized? You know that beans there is God's Word materialized? Do you know that concrete is God's spoken Word materialized? You know this whole earth is God's spoken that let there be, and He believed His own Word, and the earth come into existence? If it didn't, where did it come from? Well, if they come off the sun, well, who spoke the sun into existence? See? Everything is God's Word. The worlds were framed by the Word of God. The Bible said so. God just spoke it, and He believed His own Word, and that's what it was. Now, God has spoken His Word to us, just believing, and watch what happens. Now, when He speaks something, this is His Word initially, first. And any other word that's contrary to this is not God's word. It has to come from this Bible. Now, this is his word to the nation. Now, he sets after that in the church some apostles, prophets, gifts of healing, and other manners. And if a prophet or seer would speak any word and it wasn't according to this Bible here, come in that fashion, or contrary to the word, not right. But this is God's word first, and what God speaks secondarily, that's secondarily his word to the individual. Some time ago, there was a, two couple women in the meeting. One of them had a stomach trouble, and one on the platform, the Lord, I don't know where she's at the platform or in the audience somewhere. Anyhow, the word spoke out, thus saith the Lord, that you're healed. Told her to go eat anything she wanted to. Watch that when he speaks. That ain't me. Thus saith the Lord. And so the woman went home to try to eat, and when she did, she liked to die. She just had an awful case of it. And it went on for several days. And one morning, she felt something cool pass through her. Weeks later, and she began to eat. It was all right. She ran down the street to tell her neighbor that had a big lump on her throat, and the Lord had spoke to her and said that she was going to be well, thus saith the Lord, and said, then when she went out to see her, she found her neighbor just screaming at the top of her voice, the lump had just left her throat. So what happened, here's what it was, the angel of the Lord who had spoke the word was coming through that neighborhood confirming his word. Sometimes they can't just on a spare of a moment. Daniel prayed, and the angel said it was 21 days, I believe, before, is that right? Before he got to him. Now, we must remember it's God, but when God has said anything, it's the truth. Hold right on to it. It's got to happen. If you weaken, then unbelief will take over. But you stay with the Word of God. That's our head. Loving Father, who raised up Jesus, thy Son, from the dead, we thank thee for thy mercies and kindness. Pray that you'll be with us and help us tonight. We love to testify because you said they overcome by the blood of the Lamb and their testimony. And I thank thee for the blood of the Lamb and a testimony. 
And I, I am testifying to these people tonight that you have risen from the dead and you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I pray thee to manifest thy power and love tonight in this building among the people that they might know that you have raised from the dead and we're thanking you for the healing of woman in the wheelchair, the one in the stretcher, the heart trouble, that cancer condition, all those other cases, Lord. We're so thankful for these things and the many things that you've done. Truly, Lord, uh, without an excuse now, and I pray that you'll manifest your love and spirit to the people here tonight, or they love you. They have gathered out here, sitting here, late hours, long, wishing, praying, and I trust that you will make them happy in their hearts. And when they leave tonight, may they stay like those which come from Emmaus at the resurrection of Christ. They said, did not our hearts burn within us? They didn't know the man that was talking to them, so right at the last moment, it was the Christ. And may he talk to us so tonight in his power and his resurrection. For when he was here on earth, the things that he did, when he went away, he said, These things that I do shall you also, and greater than this, for I go to my Father. And we pray that he will come on the scene tonight and will manifest his love and presence to the people, for we ask it in the name of Christ, the Son of God. Amen. <laughs> Billy was late, so he had to send somebody after me tonight. And, and uh, what, what prayer card did you get out? What? Eight. Two hundred? <clears throat> All right. Uh, he, he got in a little late, he had to go eat his supper or something, I guess, and he got in a little late and had to give the prayer cards late, and somebody come, and I didn't get a chance to ask him what the prayer cards he gave out. He said, A, prayer cards A. Well, let's, um, let's take the last part of those prayer cards. Let's take the last 15 of them. Let's say 85. Who's got A85? There? 86. Who's got 86? 86. A, 86. Turn the prayer card over and you'll see an a, a and a number. It's got your name and address on one side. A, 86. 87. Who's 86? I don't believe we got that. It might be some. 86 or 87. 88, 89, 90, up to 100. Let them line up right down here, if you will. And now, while they're coming, I wonder if there's anybody in here which does not have a prayer card but yet believes that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is going to heal him. You believe it? You have faith then. You have faith and believe with all your heart, and God will grant to you his mercy and blessing. A, prayer card A, what was that number? A1, what did I start calling? 85. 85. 85, 86, up to 100, and the rest of you, if you'll just look this away. I want you to believe. I want you to have faith. Don't doubt. Only believe. Now let's sing it. How many knew Paul Rader? Let's see your hands. Paul Rader, the great evangelist, wrote this song. When he was dying out in California, I heard his story. He said... As he was leaving the earth, he said, where's Luke? And they called Luke in. He held Luke by the hand of his brother. He said, we've been through many hard battles together, Luke. 
said, yes. But said, think of it. In five minutes from now, I'll be standing in the presence of Jesus Christ, clothed in his righteousness, bowed his head and gave up the spirit, and went to be with God. Isn't that a way to die? Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime. Parties leave behind us footprints on the sands of time, footprints that perhaps another sailing over life solemn main, for a forlorn and shipwrecked brother seen shall take heart again. Is that right? Uh, I just love that psalm of life. They're trying to find out how many that if sometimes the people are dead or can't raise up. Has the little lady there in the wheelchair, the only case we got tonight. You got a card, sister, you don't have a card. All right, you just keep looking this way and believing. God will heal you. You can go home be well. Just have faith. You don't need a prayer card. You just need faith. That's, that's all. Just believe. And God will make you well. And serve him all your life. I'm his servant. Uh, I'm his servant. And I, I just only do as he tells me to do. And I want your all undivided attention. I want you to pray. I want you to have faith, believe with all your heart. And God will manifest his love and things to you if you'll just do it. Now, I can't make God do anything. No one can. The only thing we can do is to, is to ask God to be merciful to us. Isn't that right? All right. How many missing some? Number 88. Prayer card A88. And what was that other one, son? 100. Prayer card A88. Everybody look at your neighbor there. He might have the... You might have the card. Prayer card A88. Is that... Look, in, look at somebody sitting next to you. See, they may be deaf and they can't hear that number call. 88. Not in the building? All right, prayer card 100. A100. Is it in the building? Prayer card 100. All right. <clears throat> Maybe they... I called them the... All right, the Lord knows all things, does all things. And <clears throat> all right. Now, if you will, sister dear, I want you to do something for me tonight. Slowly in a background, I want you to play the great physician. Now he's near. The last couple nights I've been speaking and the Holy Spirit would grab me and I just, first thing you know, somebody's hit me on the shoulders here, the ministers or my boy. Come time to leave the building. I was just, and tonight I wanted to be sure to kind of testify and go easy, what I could call a prayer line. <laughs> I have been calling a prayer line the last few nights. All right. Now the Lord bless and may add his strength and praise to each of you now as you're praying and believing with all your heart. I I'm sure that you will believe with all your heart, won't you? All right. Now, if anyone knows, see, anyone here at all knows that 
so if there be a stranger for your first night, I do not say that I am a divine healer, friend. I'm a minister of the gospel. See? I'm your brother, just like any other minister. Only I'm not talented enough to maybe to get a doctor's degree or something. I, I didn't get an education. But I was born in the world, said the angel of the Lord, to pray for the sick. It's a divine gift. And it comes by the power of the resurrection of Christ. Now, how many know that when Jesus is here on earth, he did not claim to be a healer? How many know that? Who did he say did the healing? It's God, his Father. All right. But he did say that he could do nothing in himself. Is that right? But he said the only thing that he did do was whatever the Father showed him. Is that right? St. John 5, 19. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Is that right? Well, then the Father, sometime he was talking to a woman at the well one day, and he said, bring me a drink. And she said, it's not customary. You know, conversation is St. John 4. And so as he contacted her spirit, he found her trouble. And it was, she was, wasn't living right. And he told her where her trouble was. She ran into the city and said, come see a man told me everything I ever done. Of course, she's just excited. See? Well, he never told her but one thing, but she said, isn't this the very Christ? She told him, said, I perceive that you're a prophet. And so now if Jesus raised from the dead, living in his people, he does the same thing. Is that right? Now, when Philip came to him, uh, he got converted and he goes out and finds a fellow by the name of Nathaniel. He said, come down and see who I found. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, who Moses spoke would come, the great prophet. And you know what that religious man said? He said, could any good thing come out of Nazareth? He said, come and see. Jesus having a prayer line, maybe, something he was doing. And anyhow, when, when Nathaniel come up to where he was, Jesus looked at him and said, why well, behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile? In other words, if I say, here's an honest man, a Christian. What astonished him. He said, how'd you know I was an Israelite? And I was truthful. He said, before Philip called you when you were under the tree, I saw you. And what did he say? He said, Thou art the Son of God. You're the King of Israel. Is that right? He said, Because I told you that you believe, you'll see greater things than this. Now, Jesus perceived their thoughts. He knew what they were thinking. He'd done just what the Father told him. Now, if Jesus has risen from the dead, he promised that after he raised from the dead, that the things that he did, said, Shall you do also. Is that right? And I'll be with you even what? In you... So how long? The end of the world. Making Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Watch simple, friends. What it is you're looking for something way off out the honor superstition when the lovely Jesus Christ is right by you. That's right. He's sitting right. He's just as tangible as the light is on my hands right now. He's just as tangible in the room. Just as real. He's right here just the same as... Uh, now, the room's full of electricity, but only that bulb is made to burn. Now, God has certain instruments that he works through, through preaching, through prophecy, through prophetic utterance, through gifts of healing, and so forth. Mine is a prophetic utterance. And now I want you to... It's what, the way I work for our Lord. Now, this woman here, God in knows I've never seen her as far as I know. Are we strangers, ladies? We, we don't know each other. We're strangers. We're perfect strangers. All right? Probably born miles apart, and here we're standing here. Only thing I know is that 
somewhere she picked up a prayer card from somebody and her number was called and here she is on the platform. That's all I know about her. But God knows her. Don't you believe that? He ever bite a food she ever eat? God gave it to her. He knows me and he knows her. Now, God knows everything that she ever done. Then if God by his Holy Spirit could stand here and tell her something about her life, why, or like he did the woman at the well, or something like that, tell Philip he was a Christian and where he'd come from and what he did before he'd come to the meeting. Or if Jesus Christ will reproduce himself that way in this building tonight, how many will say, Bless God, Jesus raised from the dead. Let's see your hands. Say, we have blessed the Lord and Jesus raised from the dead. Now, I trust and pray to him that he will grant it. For God in heaven knows uh, there's nothing that I know to do only just, just depend on him. That's all I know. He told me that come to me when I was a baby. It's been with me ever since. And so he told me I'm here by his commission, not my own desire, his commission. And may he add his blessings. All right. The great physician now is there, the sympathizing Jesus. Now, please have faith in God. Now, do you believe that God has did what I have said he done, raised his son up from the dead, and his anointing spirit is sure now? you believe that? You do. Uh, I can tell you something now, that this is not your home. You come from a north country where it's cold. You come here to get a job, to go to work. And you're working here, and your trouble is you got something that's breaking out on your, on your body. It's uh, some kind of breaking out. You're declaring it to be, you have a high blood pressure. It's, uh, it's I've seen with the thing around your arm, it, it gives a, you got a high blood pressure. And you're deeply concerned about somebody else. It's a, I believe it's, it's, it's two men. Amen. One of them's a brother. Amen. And the boy is uh, uh, mentally upset, Amen. and the next one has it's a it's an alcoholic, Amen. and they live in Chicago. One of the left runs around the Almighty God, have mercy, your spirit. I pray that you will bless, dear God, as I bless this woman. I pray that you will heal her and her loved ones. And may they get well. I ask this blessing in Jesus Christ's name, rebuking the devil. Amen. Now look, lady. Look here. Coming up, you've been suffering with a headache, and it's gone now. I see. God bless you. You go on your own. See. Now you know by that that is truth. You're healed. Well, let's say thanks be to God who gives us victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, just be reverent. All I want you to do is have faith. Now, lady, I want you to look this away just a moment. Uh, I am no, 
I am just wanting to talk to you a minute because you're, you're my sister in Christ, you're a Christian, and uh, oh, I, uh, your, your trouble is in your back. You, you, I see you had an injury, it's a spine injury, and it causes you to be kind of weak and nervous. Isn't that the truth? And that's been done quite a while. You look much younger than what you did several years ago when that happened. And uh, just a minute, it's blessed me. Was that the truth? Yes. That's, that's the yes, truth. That's well, then you know that something is here to, to, to know something that's been in your life or tell what your trouble is. Is that right? Well, then, if God knows what you have been, won't he also know what you will be? And if that part is truth, what he would say, if he'd say something else, it would be truth, wouldn't it? Now, see something else, or just a moment. Um, it, it's, it's a woman that looks like you. Oh, it's a sister. You have a sister. And she's suffering with a, some sort of a nervous condition. She's got a dyspepsy like or something in her stomach. She's spitting up her foods. It's, it's acids in her stomach. That's right. Is that, is That's that true? true? Come here, Mother. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And Almighty Jehovah, in the name of thy Son, Jesus, send thy blessings upon this one who I bless in thy name. And may she go from here tonight and be well in all of her requests granted. In Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. God bless you, sister. Go now. God's peace upon you. Well, you think about it, lady, there's a purple dress on. You're awfully nervous, aren't you? Been suffering with the nervousness. You believe God's making you? Yes. Isn't that right? All right. He healed you then. And the little lady sitting right behind you had the very same thing, both of you together. You were both healed at the same time that woman is healed there. God bless you. You can go home now. You can be well. God's blessings be with you. You believe he'd heal you that arthritis sitting there? You believe with all your heart that God would heal you? You believe it? You believe he would? Or I want you to accept it right now and say, Lord, I believe with all my heart that God's going to make me well. You'll get well. God bless you. Accept it with all your heart. You can have just what you've asked for. Your faith saves you, lady. How do you do? Do you believe with all your heart? I'm a stranger to you. You're strange. We're strangers to one another. I don't know you. Never seen you in my life, as I know. But God knows both of us. Isn't that right? Have faith, brother. <clears throat> yeah. You believe me? You're standing for someone else. 
And that man, the man, he's uh, drinking. I see him standing at a bar, and you're on your knees praying. It's an alcoholic. It's, that's a brother. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Your brother. Say, aren't you something to do with a? Aren't you a preacher or something doing around the ministry? Or well, God bless you. Come here. Almighty God, have mercy and grant the request of this, our sister, through Jesus Christ's name, I ask it. Amen. God bless you, my sister. Have faith, do you believe? Let's say praise the Lord. It breaks your tenseness. Now, right now, every person in here should believe. There's not a question, but you should, you should believe with all your heart right now. Thank God healed your arm there, lady, that scarf around you. You believe God makes you well? You do? He did just then, so you go get well now from that arm trouble you've been having. He's having a lot of trouble with it. He healed you right there just then. God bless you. Oh, how wonderful. How God wants to bless the people. Make himself known to them. How do you do, sir? Come here. <clears throat> Have faith in God. Don't doubt. Believe. you look this way to me. Do you believe with all your heart? I suppose we're strangers to one another. As far as I know, I've never seen you in my life. You're just a man that walked up here at the platform. But God knows you. And all the food you ever eat, God gave it to you. But you believe that he's here now, that you're standing in his presence, not your brother. His presence you should. You're a minister. And you belong to some kind of a holiness organization. It's the Church of God. Is that right? And aren't you from down below here? You come up the coast. You're from, I'd say, Miami. You got troubles on your tongue. That's the ulcerate. Is that right? You're going to get all right, so don't worry about it. Go home. Make God thank you. And make you completely whole through Jesus Christ. Have faith. Believe with all your heart and you shall have what you ask for. You believe, lady? I know you are. But if you believe with all your heart, you've been, listen, here's something you don't know. You're acquainted with your arthritis. You know you've had that for some time. But listen, here recently, you've been getting weak spells, haven't you? 
gets kind of weak in the afternoon. I see you lay down, have to sit down in a chair. You get weak at nighttime, not resting right. You see, it's nighttime. It's TV. See, you're not aware of that being on you, but it is. So come here just a minute. Almighty God, here Satan takes this woman's life. I rebuke this devil in the name of Jesus Christ. Come out of her. All right, look here, lady. Now you're all right. God has healed you. Your arthritis is gone. Now, the reason I said to you about that, I've seen the way you were acting, and I know you wasn't aware of that, but if he's a doctor, which is setting present now, he knows himself that when you're, when, uh, that's a very symptom of TB, weakness, perspiration, and so forth, but you're healing. You're aware of that. Go on over the platform, is rejoicing and happy. Then thank you, Lord. Come in, sir. See, she was standing in his presence. She didn't realize what happened until she just got off the platform, and she realized she was healed. That's, see, right here, anyone's ever been here, just the way this is right now, how many, if any of you have been here, you know it's, it's something, you know that you're in the presence of something when you're standing here. Uh, how many knows that? It's been up here, too. You know it's true. See? It's right. You can't stand. Well, now, I am not reading minds. I wish you'd get that out of your head. Put your hand on my shoulder, sir. Anybody knows what mental telepathy is. Uh, God will reveal to me out here as I'm looking across this way. What's wrong with you? Will you accept your healing? Yes, sir. You will. Well, may the Lord grant it, my brother. It's my sincere prayer. I've never looked at you no more than just to call you here when you were standing or sitting or something there. God knows that to be the truth. But I see you moving away from a table. You got stomach trouble. Is that right? If it is, raise up your hand. Art, I go eat what you want to. Have faith. Believe with all your heart. Come Now, have faith. Believe and do not doubt. If you, Jesus said, you know, get over that high blood pressure. If you believe God will take it away from you, he'll do it. Your blood will drop if you believe it. Only through faith can you be healed. I know you're trying, sister. <laughs> I've watched you for a long time here. If you just get that out of your mind, your case is too hard. Nothing's too hard for God. <clears throat> you're an aren't you? You believe we're going up to Calvary right now in the presence of God for a blood transfusion? Hallelujah. God bless you. Go and Jesus Christ restore your blood to you. Have faith. Believe with all your heart. You shall have what you've asked for. How do you do? You believe me to be his servant? You believe you could get over that tumor that he'd be operated on? You believe it? You can. God bless you and go and be made well through Jesus Christ's name. Let's say thanks be to God. Something or another, somebody, or have faith, believe with all your heart. You believe the Lord will write a you while you were sitting there? Just go off the platform rejoicing, saying, Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's right. Don't have, never have no other testimony but that. All right. Come. You believe, lady? You must. For heart trouble hard to get over. But you're over. Go on your road. Unless you're Jesus Christ. Come, lady. You believe with all your heart? 
Now, you thought you had heart trouble, but it wasn't. You got a stomach trouble. A stomach trouble, which is causing acids in your stomach to make gas, and when you lay down, your heart gets the worst. Isn't that right? You're going to be all right. Go on your road and rejoice and have well, I've been prayed. I've been what I was trying to tell you about right there. See, you got to get away from that. Just do what he tells you. Do go on your own and thank God. Eat anything you want to. Just keep on repraising God. See, what's caused the whole thing, lady, your nervous condition, is what's brought it on, you see. Causing a peptic ulcer in the stomach. Cause your food to regurgitate and come back up like that, see. Now, yeah. do you believe that you're going to be all right? See, now, I can't heal you. I only know what he tells me. You know that's the truth. Or I just rejoice. Now, if you was healed before, you know how to accept your healing. And go and rejoice and say, thank you, Lord. Be made well. Come, lady. Well, you believing now? All right. Uh, I pray. I believe the heart won't bother you no more. You can go and be made well. God bless you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Believe that sign has left you there, lady? Sitting right back there? You do? If you believe it with all your heart, you may have it. Just a... Something happened. Now, just a moment. The Lord be blessed and praised. I believe that we are in His presence. I know we are in his presence. And I know that he is sure now to to heal every one of you to make you well. You believe that? I've seen a car coming swiftly. It's coming from the north country. Someone with a message. Someone in a dying condition. The man is coming for his wife. There he is. Your wife? You just come in. You come from up north. You cross the Ohio River in a car. Your wife has cancer. Is that right? Come here just a minute. what she was going to do by faith you, you obtained this that I might bless it and take it to your wife is that right in the name of Jesus Christ I condemn that cancer Jesus Christ died that this cancer would leave and in his name I condemned the cancer and sent it away from the woman in Jesus Christ's name return home and put it on the lady and then write your testimony God bless you. If that city trouble lets you while you're standing there, lady, you can walk back home rejoicing. Are you ready to be healed? Every one of you can be healed. Are you believing? Let us each one stand to our feet just a moment. Maybe bow our heads just a moment. Merciful God, we pray that you'll be near now and to bless 
seen that thou hast said in thy word, we must preach the gospel over here also. And how the people here have begun to believe. And, O oh, Father, I pray that now that you will remember this audience this night. There are those who are here very sick, no doubt. And I pray that you will heal each of those. I know nothing more to do than to speak your words to the people. And thou hast been so kind to us to confirm the word with signs following the believer. Now these people are standing, Father, they're believing that you're going to heal them. And the strength is leaving my body. I, I know that many of them are being healed just now. And I pray, God, as I stand here, that your spirit will just move through each person in such a divine way that every symptom will leave their bodies from the sickness and they may be healed. May the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, whatever is here, Father, we believe that they're now being healed. And I condemn every sickness in this building. In Jesus Christ's name, I charge every, every unclean spirit that would try to send these people to a premature grave, that to leave the people and come out of them, through Jesus, the Son of God, while we got our heads bowed. Friends, Almighty God is in our presence, and somebody out here is being healed. God is moving. I see a man standing back here being healed of a hemorrhoid. The minister of the gospel preaching the word of the living God. There's a lady. Oh, it's just moving all over the building. Just keep praying. I can't hardly see where you are now. Just keep praying. Keep your minds on God. You're being healed. You, lady, with that high blood pressure standing right at the end of the ring there, God's making you well. You're healed. God bless you. That's right. You here, sir, with prostate trouble standing right back at the other end of the ring, getting up at night, running at, you're healed. That's right, my friend. God's making you well. Every one of you, you in the wheelchair here, lady, have to just believe God with all your heart. You're just, if you just get over that little thread of doubt right now, you'd be made well. Every one of you now, put your heart on him. Believe him with all your heart. Accept your healing. Believe me, if God has come into your midst, and if you go away doubting, a worse thing than what you have will come up on you. May you go with faith and may God make each one of you whole. Just have faith. Don't doubt. Believe with all your heart.